0: This is Cynthia Smalls with Back to God Ministries. How is everyone doing today? I pray that all is well in your lives, that you are walking by faith and not by sight. You, my friend, are to never give up on the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen? Amen. All right, folks. The question on the floor today is, what does it mean to love Jesus? What does it mean to love the one who laid down his life for you? Who took the penalty of your sin upon himself so that the righteous, holy wrath of God would no longer be upon you. In fact reconciling you back to God. So what does it mean to love your God? So that's what we're going to get into today. Before we get started let us pray. Father in the name of Christ Jesus, we love you and we shall obey you. We know without any doubt that you are God. You tell us in Acts 17, 30 to 31, Therefore, God overlooked and disregarded the former ages of ignorance. But now, he commands all people everywhere to repent. That is, to change their old way of thinking, to regret their past sins, and to seek God's purpose for their lives. Why, Father? Why do you call all men everywhere to repent? Verse 31 Because he has set a day when he will judge the inhabited world in righteousness by a man, capital M, whom he has appointed and destined. For the task, and he has provided credible proof to everyone by raising him from the dead. Amen. So, Father, we do see that there is an appointed day, judgment day, that you will judge the inhabited world in righteousness and you have appointed Christ Jesus to be that judge father we ask for we ask for mercy mercy and compassion father we repent of our sins never do we want to take your grace for granted Never do we want to make light of the precious blood of Jesus that has sanctified us, that has justified us and cleansed us from all unrighteousness. Father, sometimes we can get so busy with life that we forget what is important, and that is to always keep you first in our hearts. Father, rightly so, you demand our total allegiance. May we never forget this. May we never forget the fact that you sent us a savior. You sent us a Savior to reconcile us back to you. So, Father, I pray for for all of my brothers and sisters that we never forget that you are God. May we never forget this, Father. And so, Father... Show us today in your word what it means to love your son and to love you. Because Father, ultimately, you will have the final say. Justice and righteousness will reign supreme. I ask for wisdom, Father. Help me to teach today's lesson. May the Holy Spirit move on me. Open the eyes of my understanding so that I can share your word with your people. I give you glory, Father. I give you glory and all of my praise and worship. To you be the glory both now and forevermore. In Jesus mighty name, I pray. Amen. Amen. All right, folks. So yes, what does it mean to love Jesus? And I'm not talking about humanism. I'm not talking about Being in our emotions just because we hear worship music or gospel music, whatever you want to call it, something that moves us in our soul. No, I'm talking about the biblical understanding of what it means to love Jesus because Let's get to the facts of the case. God sent Jesus to this world to save His people from their sins, to ransom us out of the kingdom of darkness, transferring us to the kingdom of His Son. Jesus, on purpose, according to god's plan from the beginning laid down his life as a ransom when jesus blood was shed on the cross it was sprinkled on the mercy seat of god in heaven making atonement for our sins jesus reconciled us back to the father through his death, burial and resurrection. God has made a way for sinful men to be reconciled back to him. No longer are we on that broad way to hell. We are now in right standing With God, we have peace with the Father through Christ Jesus. And going forward, we walk in obedience because we have to understand just how close we came to hell's fire. Jesus' promise promises to give us eternal life when he returns. But guess what? We must maintain our faith until the end. That's not to say that it's a work upon salvation. We understand from the scriptures that it is by grace, through faith, that we have been saved, but without works, our faith is dead. How do you know you are walking in faith if there is no works to attest to the fact of what you believe? Because if you believe, thank you, Holy Spirit, if you believe that Jesus died for your sins, then your life should be in reflection of that, meaning you no longer practice willful, deliberate, everyday sin. But we do have an advocate that if we miss the mark, we have Jesus as our advocate between us and the Father, that if we confess that sin, we repent never to go back to it. Then 1 John 1, 9 says that if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us purge us from all unrighteousness. We have to to understand that when Christ died on the cross, he abolished the control and power and mastery and domination and, and control that sin had over us. Our whole entire lives so that when we come to Christ Jesus, we know and can be assured that sin don't have that grip. It doesn't have a stranglehold on us any longer. We must consider, as the book of Colossians tells us, we must consider ourselves dead to sin. And so that leads us to the question on the floor. What does it mean to love Jesus? So let's go to the scriptures because we can say with emotionalism from our soul, yes, I love Jesus. Well, if you love Jesus, have you turned from your sins? Or are you still in sin, believing the false doctrine of one saved, always saved? So let's turn to the scriptures because John fourteen twenty one says, Whoever has my commandments... And keeps them is the one who loves me. The one who loves me will be loved by my Father. And I will love him and reveal myself to him. So, amen. We see Jesus, Jesus is telling us that. The one who loves him keeps his commandments. And what is his commandment? To love God with all of our hearts, soul, mind, and strength, and to love our neighbors as we love ourselves. And he says that on these two on these two commandments hang all of the law, and the prophets. So, when you keep these two commandments, when you are loving God with everything within you, you are not going to sin willfully against Him. And you're not going to sin against your neighbor. So, yes, the Ten Commandments are being fulfilled. And no, we are not up under under the law of Moses. Why? Romans 10, 4 tells us that Christ Jesus is the end of the law. Why? Because he has fulfilled it. If you study the scriptures about the law, The law was always pointing to Jesus. Well, guess what? The kingdom of God showed up. Christ Jesus showed up on the world scene. And so by his death, burial, and resurrection, it is finished. I know a lot of people will tell you We must keep the law. Why? Why? Why must we keep the law if Jesus is the end to the law? Because even Jesus says, I didn't come to abolish the law. No, I came to fulfill it. And he did. He did exactly what the law was pointing to, it was pointing to Jesus. Jesus came, he fulfilled the law. That is why Romans says that Jesus is the end to the law. So, how do we love Jesus? By obeying his commandments. So, we see in John 14, 23... Jesus replied, If anyone loves me, he will keep my word. My Father will love him, and we will come to him and make our home with him. Amen. So, let us slide over here to the Old Testament. Proverbs 8.17 says, I love those who love me, and those who seek me diligently find me. Deuteronomy 10.12 says, And now, Israel, what does the Lord your God require of you but to fear the Lord your God, to walk in all his ways, to love him, to serve the Lord your God with all of your heart and with all of your soul. Amen. And so, yes, we love the Lord when we obey him. And so, let us come over here to the book of John. John 6, 35 says, Jesus replied to them, I am the bread of life. The one who comes to me will never be hungry. And the one who believes in me as Savior will never be thirsty. For that one will be sustained spiritually. Amen. And then he says in verse 36, but as I told you, you have seen me and still you do not believe all that my father gives me will come to me. And the one who comes to me, I will most certainly not cast out. I will never, never reject anyone who follows me. Amen. Glory be to God. And look in verse 38, he says, for I have come down from heaven, not to do my own will, but to do the will of him who sent me. This is the will of him who sent me that, that of all that he has given me, I lose nothing, but that I give new life and raise it up at the last day. For this is my Father's will, verse 40, and purpose, that everyone who sees the Son and believes in Him as Savior will have eternal life. And I will raise him up from the dead on the last day. Amen. And so, if we come all the way down to verse 44, because this is why we love Jesus. Look at all what he has done for us. And don't believe the lies from the prosperity, charismatic, word of faith, charlatans because that's who they are if they are telling you that god will bless you if you bring him money he will give you money back and that how you can get in on jesus ticket to the good life because he died not for your sins okay because according to them jesus died So that you can be rich, healthy, wealthy, and wise. Absolutely not. That, my friends, is not what Jesus came to this earth for. So, we see in John 6, 44, Jesus says, No one can come to me unless the Father who sent me draws him giving him the desire to come to me and I will raise him up and I will raise him up from the dead on the last day amen and so I love verse 66 of John 6 because at the end of the day I think I'm going to make this podcast pretty short, but Lord willing, at the end of the day, the bottom line is that you either are going to love Jesus and follow his commandments or you are not because Jesus' mind is on his harvest. It is it is on redemption, it is seeking out the lost, it is is allowing the deceived Christian to understand instead of following church and church leaders, we ought to be following Christ Jesus. Because when you are following a false church, you will be indoctrinated with all of their false doctrines and doctrines of devils. We are to follow Christ Jesus. Because over here in John 66, the Lord posed a question to his 12 disciples. Because the other disciples of Jesus, they were fallen away because of his teachings, which were hard for them to understand and com- and comprehend. So he so in verse actually in verse Yep. Yeah, God let's let's start at verse sixty five. And he was saying this is the reason Why, I have told you that no one can come to me unless it has been granted him, that is, unless he is enabled to do so by the Father. As a result of this, many of his disciples abandoned him and no longer walked with him. So Jesus said to the twelve disciples, you do not want to leave too, do you? Simon Peter answered, Lord, to whom shall we go? You alone have the words of eternal life. You are our only hope. Amen. Because see folks, Jesus must be your only hope. Because our hope as followers of, of the Lord Jesus Christ is not in man. It is not in government. It is not in science. It is not in yourself. It is not in other false religions. No, our hope is in the son of the living God, because he's the only one who died on the cross, a painful horrific, violent, bloody, brutal, brutal, mutilating, shameful death on your behalf. He's the only one. So, rightly so, our hope is in Him so that whether we go by the way of of the grave or He comes back in our lifetime, He promises to give us eternal life and Peter answered and I totally agree and and is of this same sentiment lord to whom shall we go you alone have the words of eternal life you are our only hope we have believed verse 69 69. We have believed and confidently trusted, and even more, we have come to know by personal observation and experience that you are the Holy One of God, the Christ, the Son of the Living God. Amen. So, Let's dig some more because you must recognize the voice of Jesus. It's like a still small voice in your spirit telling you you are going the wrong way. Yes, you are you are on the right track. Whatever it is that Jesus speaks to you individually, you will hear his voice. So, and he tells us in John 10 at verse 8, John 10, 8 says, All who came before me as false messiahs and self-appointed leaders, are thieves and robbers. But the true sheep did not hear them. I am the door. Anyone who enters through me will be saved and will live forever and will go in and out freely and find pasture. Spiritual security. The thief talking about this false teacher because I know that a lot of pastors treat what is this verse 10 of John 10 as if it's the devil that comes to kill steal and destroy which he undoubtedly does but in verse 10 and John 10 the context is these false teachers, these wolves and sheep's clothing, these hired, these, these hired hands, hirelings. So Jesus is saying that the thief comes only in order to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have and enjoy life and have it in abundance to the full, till it overflows. Amen. So in verse 11, I am the good shepherd. And that is so true. Jesus is our good shepherd. Everything that he tells us is for the good. Every direction, every correction, every discipline, chastening, all of that. That's what a good shepherd does. If he sees you heading down the wrong path, even if you believe that what you are doing is and has good intentions, but for the fact that we don't know the end from the beginning, he does. So from time to time, he will need to pull you Sit you down, make you understand that that thing you are doing is having or will have, if you don't stop it, will have complete, will have your complete allegiance rather than the Christ. Only Jesus should sit on the throne of our hearts. So, yeah, we can have activities. Being busy going about the father's business where if we are not careful, even doing those good works can become an idol. In the moment, you may not think so. But if you hear Jesus disciplining you, saying, well, you are putting more time and energy and thought into that thing rather than in me, take it for what it is. Glory be to God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He is the good shepherd. He knows everything. So yeah, you may think what you are doing is good and for the good. But again, since we don't know the future, And we are only looking at it from one perspective. Jesus sees the whole picture. So, sometimes he will pull you off a project or telling you, hold on, put that on pause for a minute, come back to your first love. Because I see where this is going. Especially if you have the propensity to just go headlong into something and you don't come up for air and you don't realize that you will put in more energy into this thing rather than learning studying the scriptures put in all of your energy into God rather than this earthly assignment so We never want to get that twisted. And it is so awesome. Take the correction for what it is. It's love. The Bible tells us that God disciplines the one he loves. Do we like it? No, but we understand it is needed. And thank you, Holy Spirit, that we have that ear to hear when Jesus speaks to us, that is why he is our good shepherd. So over here in John 10 verse 11, Jesus tells us, I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his own life for the sheep, but the hired hired man who merely serves For wages, who is neither the shepherd nor the owner of the sheep, when he sees the wolf coming, deserts the flock and runs away. And the wolf snatches the sheep and scatters them. So, verse 27, come on all the way over here to verse 27, John 10 The sheep that are my own hear my voice and listen to me. This is how we love Jesus. We hear him and then we listen to him. We don't give him lip service. We are not deceived so that we put all of our adoration into that church leader that pastor his first lady other believers no all of that energy should be directed to the father and his son so verse 27 the sheep that are my no the sheep that are my own hear my voice and listen to me i know them and they follow me and I give them eternal life. And they will never ever by any means perish. And no one will ever snatch them out of my hand. You want to know why we, we won't be snatched out of Jesus' hand, hand? It's because we listen to him. We obey him. And we follow him. Now we can jump out of his hand by going back out into that world to be tangled up and enslaved all over again by sin. Second Peter 2 warns us that we will, we will be worse off than before if we go back out there into the world. World after knowing Jesus, knowing the way to righteousness, but then to reject the holy command that we are to live godly lives is just like that proverb a dog returns back to his vomit. And then he was also saying that it would be better. If we had never known the way to righteousness, then to know it and then to go back out there into the world to get enslaved after Jesus done set you free from sin by taking on your penalty. Because uh Romans 6.23 tells us that the wages of sin is Death. But the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus, our Lord. And to forsake all of that, because for whatever reason, we go back out there into the world, go back to sleeping around, go back to committing adultery, go back to the homosexual lifestyle, Go back to smoking weed and cigarettes, lying and stealing, and being a greedy, covetous person, holding on to unforgiveness, being angry and bitter, just going back. Going back to the chains of the devil, and for what? so what the the church you've been attending you now find out after 10 years that that leader is corrupt and now you feel some kind of way that yes they were stealing your money and yes they were feeding you the nonsense all of these false doctrines and traditions of men yep come to find out the pastor was having sex with the church secretary and now everybody is up in arms and you decide to leave church, leave Jesus, leave God because you are just too done with the whole lot. And then you go back out there into the world and get hit by a bus and die in your sins. And for what? No, no. If you have, like, I had a problem with that damnable uh, prosperity gospel. Yes, we leave the church, but we don't leave Jesus. Well, I'm not going back to church. I don't want to have nothing else to do with religion. No, I think I'm just going to live my life doing my own thing because I'm better off that way. Okay, okay. What about your sins if you turn your back on Jesus? So now you you have renounced the only one that stood between you and holy God and his wrath and you're going to just denounce and renounce all of that because you had you had a problem with the local apostate church. Look, listen. Okay? If you find you are in a a corrupt fellowship, fine, find you another church by the Holy Spirit or just sit at the feet of Jesus in your home and fellowship with brethren outside of corrupt church leadership. But we don't leave the good shepherd. Oh, no, no, no. And look, my hand is raised, raised. I have learned more sitting in quiet study time with the Lord, with the Holy Spirit teaching me sound doctrine. And come to find out the majority, if not every last single one of the scriptures that pastor pointed out and twisted had nothing to do absolutely with money. So it just amazes me when when I stumble across a particular scripture and I'm like, wait a minute, where have I heard this before? And I'm reading it in its proper context now and it had nothing to do With the false doctrine, they were shoveling down our collective throats. So, don't get me started. So, how we love Jesus, we obey him because his first public uh, preaching was what? Repent, turn from your sins, believe, and turn back to God. Because He told the people that you too shall all likewise perish. We must repent of our sins. And we know repentance is all about changing the way you think. No longer do you think that sin is the big time fun. Oh, no, no, no. It is not. All... All of that debauchery, all of that reveling, and just having a good old time, turning up, getting lit, no, cursing, being profane, taking God's name in vain, making light of heavenly language with all of that, OMG, won't he do it, hallelujah, and all of this foolishness, no longer do we make light of what Jesus has done for us by taking it for granted. Nope. We love Jesus when we obey his commandments. And how do we know what is Jesus' teachings? Well, study the Gospels. Read Matthew, no, study Matthew, Mark, John, no, Matthew, Mark, Luke and John, Acts, Romans, 1 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians. Read it. Study all of the New Testament. 1 Peter, 2 Peter, 1 John, 2 John, 3 John, Book of Revelation. Don't run from the Book of Revelation. Because if you read it, with the heart of God in mind, it's, believe it or not, it is a love letter. It really is. Yes. Yes, it talks about a time unlike this world will we'll ever see. A terrible time is coming. But guess what? For those of us who are in Christ Jesus Jesus says that if we stand firm, if we endure until the end, that man, that woman shall be saved from the wrath of God to come. So, I'm just going to leave it as that because to make the story short, the bottom line is how do we love Jesus? and what does it mean to love him he told us in john fourteen twenty one, whoever has my commandments and keeps them is the one who loves me the one who loves me will be loved by my father and i will love him and reveal myself to him because folks when you are in willful, I'm talking about you live in sin, okay? You justify it. You, you make light of it. You defend it. You, you encourage others that it's nothing wrong with this thing. We all do it. We are all human. Everybody has something. I'm talking about deliberate, on purpose. You ain't trying to give this sin up because you believe that somehow, way, in your deceived mind that Jesus is okay with this because he wants you to be happy. Okay, well, no, that's not going to work. Folks, at the end of the day, we must obey Jesus. We cannot be walking around here living by the light of our own torches. Isaiah 50, verses 10 through 11, tells us without any doubt that if we continue to walk in our own self-made plans for salvation, our own selfish ambitions, walking by the torches that we have set ablaze, don't want to listen to God, don't want to heed to his warnings, don't want to follow the commandments. Okay, God tells us, well, this is what you can expect from my hand. You will, you will lie down in a place of torment, a place of pain. And we know where that place of pain is, the lake of fire. Revelation 20 tells us about these books. It tells us how the devil and the antichrist and the false prophet will be thrown, has been thrown into that lake of fire. So when judgment day comes, the great white throne judgment, hell will empty itself out. And John told us that he saw both the great and the small stand before the throne of God. And the books the books of your life, everything you have ever done has been written down in these books. And then he says, another book will be opened, the book of life. And that how if your name has not been found written in the book of life, you will be thrown, hurled, tossed into the lake that burns Forever and ever. It burns with fire and brimstone. Revelation 14 tells us that the smoke of your torment will rise day and night. The kingdom of God. It tells us in Isaiah 66 that how the kings and the people will come up to Jerusalem month after month, week after week, and as they go out, they will see those dead bodies who have rebelled against God over there in this lake of fire, and they will look upon them with utter horror. horror. They will view these people In this lake of fire. So folks. It does not pay. To walk by the torches of your light. Your own self made plans. The Bible calls them torches. That instead of walking by by God's light being led by His Holy Spirit, you believe you got this and you don't got this. We have no clue how the perspective of heaven is when it comes to sin. God hates sin. He commands and rightly so demands your allegiance when you come to Christ Jesus. So what we don't have a say. Look at our lives when we had a say. What did Paul ask over there? I believe is in the book of Romans. It could be Romans or Galatians. But I'm almost certain it's over there in Romans 6. But y'all can look it up. When Paul asks the question. What benefit did you get when you were doing those things that you are now ashamed of? Nothing, Brother Paul. Nothing. We got no benefit. I, I can speak for myself. Nope. Absolutely no benefit. No. We, we, there is no benefit in sin Oh, in the moment, you may think you are having the big time fun, but oh no, my friends, there is a price for sin. We cannot pay that price no matter how many good works you do. Romans, uh, Romans 3 verse 10 tells us there is not one single good person, not one. There is no one who seeks God. That is why Jesus says, unless the Father draws you, you will not come to Christ on your own. No, it is God who gives us the desire to come to Christ. And Jesus said, right, thank you, Holy Spirit, because I almost lost that train of thought. That Jesus said, let me come over here. Uh, right, back over here to John 14, where where he says that the one who loves me will be loved by my father, and I will love him and reveal reveal myself to him see the problem is when we sitting up under these false ministries they are not revealing to you the real Jesus because the real Jesus tells you to repent and believe for the kingdom of God is at hand the real Jesus tells you to come out of your sins the real God in heaven Tells you like he told uh, Israel over there in the book of Ezekiel. O Israel, why must you die in your sins? Turn, turn, turn from your wickedness and turn to me. Glory be to God. That's how we love God when we obey him. Because we can say with our lips all day, Oh, I love you, Father. I love you, Jesus. But if you are in willful practice and sin, you don't love Him. And the truth is not in Him. If you say you have fellowship with God and you are in unrepented, unconfessed, willful sin, 1 John 1 what is it 6 through 10 tells us that you are a liar. The liar is the one who say they have no sin when in fact they are in sin. So, in closing, how do we love Jesus? We obey him and we listen to his voice. Never get so busy even Even with the good works you are doing in the Lord, be mindful that it doesn't take precedence precedence over you loving God with everything within you. Everything else is secondary. Yes, He gives us assignments. Yes, He gives us tasks. And yes, We want to do good by our fellow men, but hold on, wait a minute, make sure even those good works are not sitting on the throne of your hearts where you are putting God on the back burner, even unbeknownst to you, that is why we must stay sober-minded so that our ears and our spirits can be attentive to when we hear the holy spirit saying hold up wait a minute Uh uh-uh slow this train down let us not get off the beaten path everything is secondary to the father and we must never forget that so that's the takeaway for today's lesson and the ultimate takeaway is we love Jesus when we obey his commandments. We love the Father when we obey his commandments. Amen? Amen. Father, in the name of Christ Jesus, we welcome your correction. We welcome discipline and we welcome grace and your love, Father. Help us in this walk. Keep us on the straight and the narrow because Jesus tells us to strive to enter into that narrow door. Father, may we never put anything or anyone above you. And if we make that mistake, quickly discipline us to tell us, wait a minute, slow down. Let us not get ahead of ourselves. Even though we have zeal to do good works, but everything has its order. Thank you for showing that to us. And we love you, Father. We give you glory. We give you honor. We give you praise. Thank you for your grace upon our lives. Thank you for the anointing. Thank you for sending Jesus to lay down his life for our sins so that we don't face your wrath. And Father, I ask that you give your people grace to do your business, Father. And may we never get ahead of ourselves. May we Always be inclined to listen to you and follow your direction because your ways are higher than our ways and your thoughts are higher than our thoughts. We love you, Father. Your commandments are not burdensome, but they are a joy. And one day, and one day soon, We shall see you face to face. May we endure until the end. May we never give up on Jesus. May we always walk by faith and not by sight. We repent of our sins, Father. Thank you for your forgiveness and your understanding and your patience. Thank you for your patience, Father. And I pray this, and I ask this in Jesus, in Jesus' mighty name, amen, amen. All right, folks, so there we have it. Another one in the can. Repent and believe. Stop sinning and turn back to God because bad company corrupts good morals. Come to your senses as you ought and stop sinning. Amen. Amen. And Lord willing, until next time, I shall be speaking to you all soon. Bye for now.